welcome into 614 and Beyond. I am Jason, aka Fire the Cannon. A few weeks ago, I did a podcast about just my life, where I came from, just all about me. And I told a quick little blurb about the death of my uh, best friend, Dwayne Williams. And I've been getting a lot of questions about that. I got a lot of feedback and people wanting to know the story, you know, how a 14-year-old processes that their best friend uh, was murdered. So I thought I'd jump on here and talk about that for just a little bit. And hopefully you guys can understand, um, you know, the, the, what I went through, uh, you know, what his family went through and just that whole day in general. So December 2nd, 1992, I uh, woke up and it was just a, a normal day. Um, but, but I actually talked to my friend Dwayne that morning. Uh, just a uh, brief phone conversation. We did talk. Um, you know, he, he went to Columbus East High School. I went to Columbus West High School. So uh, we moved away from each other. And, and I talked to him on a fairly regular basis. But that, that particular morning, we talked for just five minutes or so. And it was just a normal day. You know, he got up and, and uh, worked out and then went to the bus stop. And he was going to go to school that day. And I went to, I hung up the phone, not, you know, not thinking anything. And I walked to school that morning with a couple friends and, um, you get to school and I can't remember the exact time, but get into school. And I think I was in first period sometime. Um, it wasn't too far into the day. I think it was first period <clears throat> and it was not uncommon for teachers to come into the classroom and and uh, and talk to the teachers, you know, whisper stuff to them and stuff like that. You guys know how that goes. And I remember being in science class that morning, and a teacher come in and and you know I sat kind of up front. Teacher comes in and whispers to the teacher, and I and I remember looking up. I guess trying to figure out what they were saying. That was always the joke is what they were whispering to one another. But I remember looking up and, and both of them looked straight at me with a look on their face. And I didn't think anything of it. And then I can't remember his name. Forgive me, Mr. Ninth grade science teacher. He goes, hey, Jason, uh, come out in the hallway for just a few minutes. So I said, uh, okay. So I get up and I, and it was toward the end of first period. So we were, you know, we're probably an hour, hour and a half into school at that time. And he pulls me out into the hallway with the other teacher, which I I think was actually a guidance counselor. Now that I'm thinking about it. And we go out there and, and uh, she goes, uh, do you know Dwayne Williams? And I said, yeah he's my friend he goes to east and she goes um did you talk to him today or have you have you seen him and i said well i talked to him on the phone but that, you know first thing this morning but that was about it she goes has anybody talked to you since then i look at it i said well no and she goes well have 
something to tell you. Um, someone here at school just came to the guidance counselor's office and was crying and stuff and, and specifically mentioned that you should probably be told this. And I said, okay, well, spit it out. What's going on? And they proceeded to tell me that Dwayne had been murdered at the bus stop or near the bus stop. I just, I looked and I, I just kind of, you know, you have that flushing feeling that kind of leaves your body. And, and, um, I just looked at her and I said, what are you talking about? Like, I just talked to him like an hour and a half ago. And she goes, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but it sounds like Dwayne was murdered this morning. Um, I didn't really know what else to do. Uh, I just outside, you know, the, the classroom, I just, I didn't know what else to do. So I just, I collapsed and, and, you know, basically just kneeled down into my, my knees and, uh, started bawling. Right. Um, I remember both teachers kind of getting, you know, stooping down and both of them putting their hands on my, on my shoulders and, and saying, hey, you know, if you want to come to the office, you can, or you can sit out here, whatever you want to do. <clears throat> and I, uh, I just sat there. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Like, I felt like I was in a different world. Um, you know, again, I'm 14 years old. How the hell am I supposed to process this? Um, so she tapped me and said, I'll be in my office. If you want to come down there, you can. Um, and I, I said, okay. And I remember the, I sat there for a couple minutes and, and the, the teacher kind of grabbed me under my arm and said, you know, let's, let's go take a walk. And we, we did a, a lap around the, around the bottom floor of the school. And then, um, he actually took me to the teacher's lounge. He said, there's going to be nobody in here. It's nice and quiet. You can sit down make some phone calls if you have to make phone calls just do what you got to do so I went up there and and obviously dry my eyes and just try to figure out what the hell was going on <clears throat> and I started you know gotta think remember this is 1992 so <laughs> there, we didn't have cell phones we didn't have anybody to call um, I knew his home number so I tried to call his home number and couldn't couldn't get through and so I tried to call my house and I, I can't remember what happened. I don't know if my mother was working at the time or, or what I don't remember. And so I'm, I'm stuck. I, I, <clears throat> I have nobody to talk to. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, where it happened was probably, I don't know, three or four miles from my house. So it's not like I could just, you know, leave the school and, and just take off walking down the street. So I sat there. And my, my teacher <clears throat> had told the other teachers about what was going on. And I wouldn't probably be in the, in the next class or two, just kind of getting myself together. And I leave the teacher's lounge. And as I'm leaving the lounge, I think it was like third period by that, by this time, I'm approached by a couple of my friends. Um, one of them was a little older. I think he was like maybe 16 maybe 17. No, I, I just know he drove. And then another one, um, there was a couple more. 
that were my age, maybe sophomores, I don't remember. And he said, he said, um, hey, we know who did this. And I said, well, how the hell you know it? You know, like, and he said, well, word gets around fast. And I said, okay, so what now? And he goes, and, and I actually haven't, I haven't told this story to a lot of people. So if you guys are listening, <laughs> especially my mom, she probably, probably didn't know this. Um, they go, well, we know who it is. I know where they live. Let's go get them. Um, <laughs> I said, I said, fuck it, let's go. Uh, you know, let's let's get in the car and roll. So at that time, my freshman year, you could basically just come and go from the school whenever you wanted to. It was pretty wild. But we left at lunchtime. It was the lunch was like the next period anyway. So we pile into his car. And he goes, all right, let's roll. And it was only about, I don't know, probably like a six-minute drive from the school to where he said that these guys were. And I said, all right, well, let's let's do it. So we get in the car and start driving. And the dude that was driving says, hey, uh, reach. It was like a hatchback, so you could, like, get into the back from, from the back seat. <clears throat> he goes, hey, reach back behind you and grab that that like duffel bag out of the back and so guys sitting next to me I won't you know I won't say no names but guys sitting next to me grabbed it and he pulled up he goes open it up and he pulled it up and and there were like five pistols in there and I I immediately just (laughs) silently freaked out like I you know like shit like shit this is gonna happen like (laughs) like you know I'm thinking you know it's eye for an eye time um I'm four, again, I'm 14 years old, right? I'm probably not even mature enough to... I shouldn't be even be thinking about anything like this. So uh, we're driving, and I'm kind of getting a little nervous, a little freaked out. And it, the, the ride, like I said, it was only about a six-minute drive. It felt like an absolute eternity. So we were driving down Sullivan Avenue, going east, down toward uh, the bottoms. And we take... He, he, he kind of takes a right into this little alley and he goes, all right, <clears throat> everybody get ready. Let's, let's drive by and see if these, you know, see if what's going on. So we go, we kind of do a lap around the block. Nothing's going on. And then he stops at the stop sign and a bunch of cars fly by. And they look like undercover cop cars. There were a couple cruisers flew by. And me and the guy in the back seat just looked at each other like, oh, shh, like, oh, here we go. And so we make that right to go toward the house. And just as just as we did that, all those cops were piling into this house that we were going to. And so he pulls over. And everybody just kind of like takes a big sigh of relief essentially and and and, um i don't i don't know i was like i don't you know i don't know what to do (laughs) i don't know what to do i said let's just get the hell out of here man there's nothing we can do and a couple of them said no let's wait and watch and see you know who they bring out of this 
how so we actually stuck around for a couple more minutes and they brought out a few people a female a couple a couple other males one guy looked like an adult at the time um but they took him out they had him in handcuffs and, and they, they took him out of there and that was that um I said, take me back to school. I, I got I got stuff to do. And it was still lunchtime and we had only been gone like 10, 15 minutes at that point. So we turn around and go back, go back to school. And I had to try to sort out my feelings <clears throat> through the rest of the day. And I, I told the teacher of every period, like, you know, I'm here, but I'm not here. So please bear with me. And uh, I tried to get him to let me go to school, but or I'm sorry, let me go home, and I couldn't get a hold of my mom, and they weren't going to just let me leave, so I had to stick it out throughout the day. And and so I go home, and, and I, I didn't want to tell anybody about what we did about trying to hunt these guys down. Um, so obviously I lied. <laughs> and then later on that day, you know, I think, I think, it, was my, I think it was my mom, maybe it was my uncle, I, I'm not sure, told me about it, and I kind of had to relive that whole thing again and honestly I faked it because I had, had already knew at that point um, but just the flood of emotions hit me again uh, and that was that was <laughs> it was even even worse uh, you know I'm try to make some phone calls try to you know figure out what happened and whatnot so um, I, I basically cried myself to sleep that night and uh, pretty much the next bunch of nights until the funeral I uh, went to the funeral and and it was just you know it, that was obviously a mess um, you know because I Dwayne was with uh, a mutual friend uh, when when it went, went down and you know I'm, the whole time I'm wondering like why did you know obviously why did Dwayne have to die and not you so so that was terrible um, basically what the story is is that Dwayne and our mutual friend were walking to the bus stop or were at the bus stop I can't remember um, which part that or I don't know what which which it actually was um, but they were at the bus stop and and uh, Dwayne had a starter jacket on and apparently these four people wanted his jacket and he wasn't going to give it up He's too proud. He wasn't going to give that thing up. And so one thing about Dwayne is he was a, uh, he was a really good fighter. He, he knew martial arts. Uh, he was trained from pretty young age to defend himself and be, uh, you know, martial artist. He actually kind of taught me some stuff, you know, when we were, when we were growing up. So he started getting the best of him essentially. Uh, again, there was three males and a female, and he pretty much started whooping them all. And I think they, they our, our mutual friend, I think he, uh, he, he got beat up pretty good too. But when Dwayne started getting the best of them, apparently that's when they decided that they had had enough. <clears throat> and one way or another, they were either gonna, you know, get him back for beating them up, <laughs> or or get that coat. And if I, uh, apparently one of them made the decision that he was gonna pull his knife and stabbed my friend in the chest, uh, in which case he, um, you know, he passed away at that point. Um, just, 
it pretty much was, you know, back in the in the early to mid '90s. You know, starter coats were the thing, and a lot of people were getting robbed for them. A lot of people were getting shot, and this is one of the first documented cases, at least around this area, of someone being victimized over their essentially just a jacket, right? They were sweet, you know, starter coats were sweet, but they weren't sweet enough to to kill somebody over. I don't think. Um, but they, they essentially stabbed him and, um, that was the end, uh, happened really early in the morning. Like I said, it was super early. So I'm not sure why they were out looking to rob somebody at seven o'clock in the morning. doesn't make any damn sense to me. Still doesn't make any damn sense to me. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, I actually be coming up on the 30th uh, anniversary of my friend's death. So that's going to be, um, it's going to be a chore for me to get through that day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Dwayne Williams, born 1978, passed away December 2nd, 1992. Um, he's actually buried at St. Joe's uh, Cemetery in Southern Franklin County, down by the uh, Hollywood Casino, or not Hollywood Casino, the... Uh, uh, whatever casino it is down there. Um, but his son, um, I'm sorry, his dad, Dwayne Sr., and um, his mom, Henrietta, beautiful people. Uh, his mom was uh, from the Philippines. His dad was American. And they, um, it was just, it was, I don't know, it was a beautiful, beautiful family. All over a uh, all over a Los Angeles Raiders jacket, <laughs> essentially. Um, just just terrible. Um, I miss that kid every day. Uh, just you don't understand. I mean, he was one of the most awesome people you'll ever meet in your entire life. He, um, I don't know, the kid could draw like you would not believe he knew martial arts he's still to this day the only only person i knew that could ever beat mike tyson in um mike tyson's punch out he tried to get me to beat him and i just i just couldn't do it um just couldn't do it <clears throat> but just a sad uh just a sad overall time in my life I, I still, you know, I've, I've lost my, you know, grandma and, and well, both my grandmas and, and some other friends and an uncle and, and obviously, you know, with those, are, I mean, those are my family. So it's, you know, it, it's a little different, but, uh, with Dwayne, it was definitely, um, definitely hits me hard. Um, like I said, to this day, it's still just eats me alive that this this had to happen uh, it actually <clears throat> this whole thing kind of shaped who I was uh, later in life I actually chose to uh, go to college not join the military go to college and go the law enforcement route uh, simply because of this uh, this particular this particular incident and 
and I, and I did. I, I, uh, you know, talking to him at his grave, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can to, uh, get this stuff to stop from happening and, and go, you know, I'm, I'm going to, and I had this dream of being a police officer and all this other, other stuff. And, um, and I actually did. I was, uh, I was, I, I, I did it <laughs> about seven years later. Uh, I actually did it. I was, uh, I actually fulfilled my dream of, uh, being a police officer. And I did that for a couple of years. Uh, I was obviously don't do it now, but did that for a couple of years and yeah. So I still, um, still wish I, it, all that would have worked out, but, um, you know, man, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just wild how stupid stuff like this can happen, you know, and I, I know a lot of people out there have, have, uh, lost friends and family to violent crime, but mur murder is a, is a tough thing to digest, um, not only as a kid, but as a, as an adult, right? Um, I mean, Mrs. Williams, obviously one thousand percent devastated just just devastated um, I believe he was the baby of the bunch um, he had three sisters and a brother so um, losing the baby brother I just I don't yeah I just I'll never understand it but like I said it shaped who I am today uh, it still still haunts me to this day. I, I feel like I should have been there, but at the same time, you know, what was I going to do? You know, there may have been uh, may have been two two dead teenagers instead of one if I would have been there. So uh, again, sad day for me and, and his family. Uh, again, we're coming up on uh, 30 years here in a couple of weeks. So yeah, so there you go. Uh, I'm not even going to give the uh, the scumbags who did this, uh, an opportunity to, uh, I'm not even going to say their, say their names. Um, but there was two adults, two juveniles. One of them is in prison for the rest of his life. He's never getting out. So, uh, but I'm not going to, not going to mention their names cause it's just not worth it. But, uh, yeah, there you have it. That's a story of, of me and my, and my, uh, and my friend Dwayne Williams Jr. And, uh, yeah, so like I said, I had a lot of people ask me about it and wanted, wanted to hear the story. They could kind of tell in my voice, I guess my voice changed uh, when I started talking about it uh, in the last pod that I was talking about myself. So, uh, yeah, so I thought I'd jump on there and tell the story. And uh, a lot, again, a lot of this stuff I've never, ever told anyone, especially the part about me, uh, you know, hunting, trying to hunt these kids down after it happened. So... There you go. We never went through with it, obviously. We never got a chance to go through with it. I'm not sure we actually would have gone through with it had had we had the opportunity. We're just four angry teenagers who just lost a friend. So, yeah. So, Mom, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, glad it never came down to that, obviously. Uh, I'd say my, my life is much better without it going down. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, there's that. Uh, I will leave you guys now. Like I said, I know you guys want to hear it. If you guys have any more questions or, or, you know, shoot me a DM on Twitter or text me if you have my number, 
hit me up on Facebook Messenger, however you want to do it. And um, yeah, I'll try to I'll try to answer you know any questions I can for you. But uh, short and sweet, just want to tell you the story. Um, again, R.I.P. to my good friend Dwayne Williams Jr. Uh, rest in peace. And uh, all you guys out there listening, I hope uh, hope you understood. Uh, what I was saying here, and uh, yeah, so there you have it. Uh, I will see you guys later. Take it easy. As an edit to this podcast, I just want to give my condolences to the Williams family. Dwayne Williams Sr., father of Dwayne Williams Jr., passed away on July 10th of 2022 at the age of 72. Dwayne served in the military as a United States Marine from 1967 up until 1984. He married his wife, Henrietta. On March 16, 1969, they had four children, four grandchildren, and lived a long, happy life. So I just want to give my condolences to the family. R.I.P. Dwayne Williams Jr. and Dwayne Williams Sr.